0: Well, good morning, and uh, welcome again to uh, Redeemer King. Um, Teresa said to me this morning, she said, you've got to remember it's August, so there won't be many people here this morning. Well, all I can say is she was fibbing, and it's lovely to see everyone here this morning. Well, we're continuing in this uh, series of, uh, of 20 questions. And during this morning, um, you're going to Uh, hear me using words like faith, which is quite fortunate really because that is the subject that I'm talking about and that is how to share your faith. Um, But I'm also going to be using the word message and both of these words we use in our day-to-day life. But what significance do they have when we're talking about how to share our faith? Well, what better an opportunity than this morning for me to share what we believe, what I believe as a Christian? Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you're listening to this or viewing this online and you're not exactly clear what this Christian message is is all about, and what this whole faith-sharing thing is all about. Well, this is what we believe as Christians, and I will say this is the condensed version. God made this wonderful world in which we live, and as part of his creation, God made man in his own image. Man got ideas above his station and thought that he could do a better job and so turned their back on God. God still greatly loved the world that he had created but man was proving a bit of a task and a half. He thought this rebellion, this sin needed to be sorted out once and for all. They've had it so, they've had it, they've had it so long uh, to sort things out And they are further away than ever before. So as we know, God sent into this world his son to tell others that the only way back to God was through him. Believe and your relationship with God will be renewed. But man continued to ignore Jesus. So God said that although you have turned your back on me and you have done your own thing, although you should really be punished for turning your back on me, I'm going to do something amazing. The punishment that you deserve is going to be meted out on my son. He will pay the price for your disobedience. And so Christ died for you and died for me. But it didn't stop there. Jesus, God's son, rose again. Sin was defeated once and for all. And here's the key part of the message. If we acknowledge that we have indeed turned our back on God... That Jesus came to pay the price to bring us back into a relationship with Father God, we will be saved and live for eternity in a relationship with God. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Christian message in a nutshell. So, how do we convey that message? to our friends, and to our family. Now, this is a bit of a first at Redeemer King. As you were coming in this morning, you would have been handed, possibly handed, a piece of paper and a pencil. Are you ready? Up on the screen behind me, up on the screen behind me, a code will come up. And taking that A is 1 and that Z is 26, and I'm not going to stand here and go what 2 is, what 3 is, but 4 is. You'll just have to use your own intelligence for that. What I want you to do is to work out what that code says. I want you to work out what that code says. And then I want you to carry out what the instruction says. So there's a little bit of a hint there. Okay. so A is 1, Z is 26. You've got to work out what that says. And while you're doing that, you have the time for me to tell you two jokes. Two jokes. Two penguins walk into a bar, and after a while, one turns to the other and says, I told you we'd gone the wrong way. Now, all the barman heard as he watched this spectacle was whack, 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 as the penguins walked out of the bar. Confused? Is that really a joke? Well, that is sometimes how we can leave people feeling after we have shared our faith with them. Sometimes we use words that they don't fully understand. And sometimes the message gets confused and we achieve nothing. My second joke. A penguin walked into a bar and asked the barman, do you have any plums? The barman looked at him and answered, No, this is a bar. We only serve beer and crisps. So the penguin walked out. You can see a theme beginning to appear, can't you? The next day, the penguin walks into the bar again and says to the barman, do you have any plums? The barman looked at him. I told you yesterday, we only serve beer and crisps. And the penguin walked out only to return the following day. Do you have any plums?" the penguin asked. The barman, now angry, told the penguin, look, I told you the other day, we don't serve plums. We only serve beer and crisps. And if you come in here again, I'm going to nail your flippers to the floor. The penguin walked out. The next day, the penguin walked back in. Do you have any nails? He asked the barman. The barman looked down. No. The penguin looked hopeful. Okay. Do you have any plums? (laughs) (laughs) There are then other times that that maybe we're a little too lighthearted about explaining our faith. We feel that if we pepper a little bit of humour into the message, it will make it a little more palatable. But again we can tend to lose the significance behind the message that we're bringing. So this morning, what we're going to look for is that middle ground. We're going to explore that middle ground. So the time is up, and I want to know, has anybody cracked the code? If you have, it is now time to carry out THE INSTRUCTIONS, NOT ALL OF THEM. I DID SAY THIS WOULD BE A DIFFERENT MORNING. (laughs) Oh, oh, nope. Thank right, I was going for honesty there. <laughs> okay. Now you may be wondering, why did I do that? Well I think this little experiment that we've done this morning typifies the sorts of responses that we can get from people when we're trying to share our faith. Some people will listen. Some people will respond positively and they, they will show interest. Some will listen but only really show a passing interest and then nothing. Some will begin to listen and then completely change the subject. And some may even get a little hot under the collar and completely refuse to listen to what you are saying. And it's a biblical fact, it's a biblical fact that some will hear the message of Jesus and respond, and some will not. In Matthew 10, verse 14, it reads, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home, leave that town, and shake the dust off your feet. But what it doesn't say is don't try. Later on in Matthew's Gospel, we read the final words of Jesus while he was on this earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the ends of the age. We have been set a task to go out into all the world and tell others about the saving power of Jesus Christ. We have a mission that has been set out very clearly in Scripture. And if we choose to carry out that task, that mission, then it quite clearly states that Jesus will be with us at all times times. So let's look at a typical situation on a Monday morning. Hi Simon, did you have a nice weekend? Now I would say insert your own name here there. Please insert your own name. Hi Simon, did you have a nice weekend? Yes, it was great, thank you. What did you do? Oh, nothing much. This and that. There is an opportunity lost. Alternatively, Oi, Simon, did you have a nice weekend? Yeah, it was great. Oh, what did you do? Well, Saturday was pretty quiet, but Sunday, Sunday I went to that church, you know that new church I was telling you about? And two people got up and talked about how God had healed them. Now, it is fair to say that you may get one of two responses to that to that statement. You may get, wow, that's really interesting. Who were they? Or alternatively, you may get, okay, the weather's nice, isn't it? (laughs) And that how, and that is how it could be. So as Christians, we have a message of hope. Doesn't that tie up? so clearly of what Carl has been uh, saying to us this morning. As Christians, we have a message of hope which has been made known to us through Christ. We have been set the task of spreading that message and we have been given help to deliver that message and though we may struggle, and this is the promise, the Holy Spirit will be with us to help us. So let's move on. Who are we to take this message of hope to? Well, that's an easy one. Everybody. Work colleagues, people we meet on the street, family members, friends, our enemies. Anybody. Now you may think, we, we, whoa, hold on a bit. Family members, yes. Friends, yes. Enemies? Well, we have the example of Jesus himself who brought this message of hope, that he brought that message to everyone, even those who in the end sought to crucify him. So, that message is for everyone. There are people outside these doors that live very difficult lives, and everyone needs to hear of the saving message of Jesus. And the sharing of that message is down to us. It is down to you, and it is down to me. Okay, now we all know that Carl likes his stats. And here are a few stats which I believe will encourage us. It may also highlight the responsibility that we have, but I hope that it will encourage us. There have been a number of studies that have been carried out over the years, and the same question has been asked, and the stats seem to speak very clearly for themselves. The question was asked, and this was asked of folk who came to church, Why was it that you walked through that door? Why was it that you came to church? And these are some of the responses that they got. Two to three percent said, I just walked in. Five to six percent, sorry, yeah, five to six percent said, I was visited by the local pastor. So at least... Dan has got a job at least for another week. (laughs) About five or six percent said it was because my kids go to Sunday school. About half a percent said it was because of an outreach that the church did. But here, this is the key. Between 75 and 90 percent of people who responded to that question said... I was invited by friends and relatives. I was invited by friends and relatives. So it couldn't be clearer. Now I'm paraphrasing here the verse verse that I uh, gave to you this morning when it says, Go out from this place and tell others about me, about Jesus. Tell them that my father loves them. And if they believe, baptise them in my name. And if you need help, I am with you every step of the way. There is no hiding the fact that the delivery of this message of hope is down to you and down to me. The getting of friends and family along to events, events staged here at Redeemer King, is down to you and down to me. So how are we going to go about this? I'd like to draw on some words from Scripture. In John 1, 35 to 51, we read of an account of individuals who were the disciples of John the Baptist. And as we know, John was the herald of Jesus He was the messenger of Jesus. And in this account, we read about Jesus coming to John. And John telling his disciples to follow Jesus. And because of what John had said, his disciples left him and they followed Jesus. But it didn't stop there. We read... But then in turn, Andrew, who was one of John's disciples, told Simon about this Jesus. And it didn't stop there. The following day, Jesus was in Galilee and he bumped into Philip. And he decides to follow Jesus. And this wildfire is spreading. Philip tells Nathaniel. And all of this from the original messenger, John, whose message was simple behold the saviour of the world behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world what i would give to be a john to be a herald to be a messenger for jesus and the simple fact is that we are I am, you are. We know the message. We know who has to deliver that message. And to help us, we have the promise of Jesus that he will help us even to the ends of the age. Now, I'm sure that there are quite a number of you here this morning who have maybe once or twice or more plucked up the courage and have told something of that message of Jesus to your friends, to your work colleagues, to your family members. And maybe you have been amazed that that friend, that relative, that schoolmate didn't laugh in your face, have not tried to change the subject, but have really shown interest. Okay, maybe when you mentioned going to church, there was a sharp intake of breath. But they seemed genuinely interested in what you had to say. Maybe you had told them your testimony. Maybe you had recounted a difficult time that you went through and how your faith had pulled you through. How Jesus had given you the strength that you needed at that particular time. Maybe it was that hope that people saw in you and interested them. Jesus has broken into your life and has changed you from what you were to what you are. You were going in one direction. You are now going in another direction. And did you expect that that would be passed unnoticed? I think not. You have been saved your very testimony is testimony to god's salvation you are part of a great story you are part of a great story which has been passed down to you for you to pass it on but remember This is not a bit part. You are not an extra. No, you are one of the main players. You are the ongoing messenger. And in actual fact, you are the very evidence of that great message that Jesus saves Now, I don't know about you, but that really excites me. You may think you're a nobody, but trust me, God doesn't. You are definitely, in his eyes, a somebody. And I hope that that leaves a little fuzzy feeling inside you. Only joking. But I really do hope that that does bring a sense of excitement to you you as an individual. As some of you may know, I enjoy a bit of whitewater kayaking, and the greater the river, the higher the grade of the rapid, the more excited I become. Last weekend, I enjoyed a great day paddling up at the Washburn River in Yorkshire nailing some great rapids and enjoying some time on some really fast stretches of water. And yes, that does make an old man very happy. But I've noticed a change taking place in me. I really love, I still really love paddling big rivers. But my real excitement comes from what is happening here at Redeemer King Church. It's individuals standing up and proclaiming and telling us of how Jesus has really affected them, how Jesus has brought healing to their bodies, how God is revealing himself to you for the first time. That's what excites me. I'm getting really excited by the number of baptisms that we're having at this church and the testimonies that we are hearing of how God has broken in and has brought restoration to broken lives. That really excites me. I'm getting excited by every week... We're seeing more and more people coming through those doors and new people coming under the word of God. That really excites me. I'm getting excited that in every case, God has surpassed my expectations by miles. There's me thinking last September when we started this church that it would be great if we got... 20 or 30 people come through that door the first week we got 70 to 80 people come through that door that is god and that is exciting i thought to myself it will be ages before we're sitting in this auditorium january of this year January of this year we came in as a church into this place to take over this area as our place of worship I couldn't believe it that is God, God has something great in store for this church and you all have a part in that I get very excited by that. And I can't keep quiet about that, you may have noticed. And trust me, that excitement shows. Maybe this will be uh, Monday morning. Oi, Simon, again, insert your own name. uh, Oi, Simon. (laughs) Did you have a nice weekend? Yes, I did. What did you do? Oh, my word! Sunday morning, church, testimony, healing, worship, people becoming Christians. A whirlwind of excitement. That is going to get people talking. That is going to get people interested. That is going to make people a little curious as to what goes on here at Redeemer King. So why not top that off with, well, why don't you come along? Scripture says, Lo, I will be with you always. you may be absolutely amazed when that person says, "Okay, I'd love to. Jesus promises that he will be with us always. So we don't do this by ourselves. Jesus will be with us always. So, We know what the message is, Jesus saves. We know who the message is for, it is for everyone. So when? When? Today, now, this very moment. Scripture tells us that Jesus is coming again. And before that day, it is our task to herald his arrival. Just as John did all those thousands of years ago, we have a message to deliver. We have a task to point people to Jesus. We have a testimony of how God has broken into our lives and has altered our direction we have a fire that is within us an excitement that is within us that is stirred up by god's holy spirit and that ladies and gentlemen is contagious and we shouldn't hold back we should just step up to the plate we should just open our mouths and let God do the rest. Some words from a song written by Tim Hughes and Nick Herbert entitled, Jesus Saves. Hope is here. Shout the news to everyone. It's a new day. Peace has come. Jesus saves. Mercy triumphs at the cross. Love has come to rescue us. Jesus saves. Hope is here. What a joyful noise we will make as we join in heaven's song. Let all the world know that Jesus saves. Raise a shout. Let the whole world know that Jesus saves. To close this morning, I would just like to ask my wife, Teresa, who has a little bit of a hidden talent for writing poetry. And I asked her, I set her the task, to summarize what I've spoken about this morning. So, Teresa, if you'd like to.
1: Thank you and i hadn't heard your sermon when i wrote this It just gave me a topic I just before i do read it can i just say as well about the veg please if you need it yourself or you know somebody who needs it please do take it don't leave any money just please take it that would bless us the most if we knew that people just needed it and took it and you may know someone so please do that it's called today my life became 3d Today my life became 3D, and all because I met Big G. I know it sounds completely wrong, but hear me out won't take long. I used to think I had it sussed, the universe and all that stuff, but then I met this normal guy who had a twinkle in his eye. He just seemed sorted all the time. Then he became a friend of mine. I couldn't figure how and why the annoying stuff just passed him by. So one day over pie and peas i said mate can you explain please how do you cope with life so well when bad stuff happens i can't tell in every problem you have hope when i'd be swinging from a rope he looked at me with such a smile we talked and talked it took a while he introduced me to his mate he'd met when he was in a state This man lived quite some time ago. I'd heard of him but didn't know that God had sent his son to earth to show my friend how much he's worth. He gave his life up as a sign, amazing love of all mankind. And while he talked, I didn't smirk. There seemed some crazy thing at work. I wanted him to tell it all. What time we left, I can't recall. Later alone and on my knees, I asked God's son to meet with me. Jesus and his amazing grace left tears rolling down my face. But all the joy I can't explain. So grateful to my friend who came and gave his time to talk to me. So now my life is now 3D. (laughs)
0: I just want to end this morning by saying in this book, in the Acts, it tells of Jesus' disciples who met after Jesus had ascended into heaven. And it tells that they were fearful, their Saviour, their friend, had just been crucified. But he had made a promise that a comforter, a counsellor would come to them and would empower them to do things beyond their expectation. Now we know that that was God's Holy Spirit. And it's fair to say that if there are some sitting here this morning... You are thinking, yes, I would really love to be a herald for Jesus. Yes, I would really love to be a messenger for Jesus. But I am fearful. Then I would say, you need a touch of God's Holy Spirit to empower you. You need a touch of God's Holy Spirit to kindle that passion and that excitement of going from this place and telling others about Jesus. We have a great message to take to a nation out there that Jesus saves. There is enough chaos going out there, or going on out there, and yet we have a message. Somebody wants to share it. We have a message that Jesus saves.